welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that you are here today. I'm so happy that you are listening. I am in the best mood right now. It is Friday when I'm recording this and the weather here has been phenomenal lately. It has been like 75 degrees, sunny, feels just so nice outside and I just went upstairs on a rooftop and had like an hour of just getting some sun and it's crazy how much just getting a little bit of vitamin d improves your mood I seriously think it's better than coffee I said that my instagram story it just feels so good and I feel very recharged and very ready to talk about some girl chat questions if you guys watch my youtube channel I did a girl chat YouTube video and I asked for submissions on my Instagram and I got so many submissions that I didn't really get to in the video. So I was thinking about what I wanted to do this week and quite honestly, these kinds of topics definitely get the most listens on my podcast. Anything that's kind of like girl talk stuff, big sister stuff, and it's not necessarily all advice questions. Some of them were advice, but some are just asking for my take on certain things that come to just like girly topics and I love listening to stuff like this I love watching videos like this I know Gretchen Garrity kind of did a series that was like a TMI girl talk series and I just really liked that series I think it's nice to kind of like talk about things that we don't normally talk about that was kind of my goal with the video with that being said I don't know everything I'm not like a counselor therapist this is just me giving my advice but If you have a different take on things, that is totally okay. It's totally normal. This is just my perspective. But I guess I'll start off with just a little life update. I've had a really, really great week. I feel like we're finally getting into a routine with Cash and feeling like, which if you guys don't know, Cash is our golden retriever puppy. We just got him and he has just made life so much better. I can't even express how much happier he has made me. He is really attached to me and we've been doing a good job of like trying to leave him alone for just like an hour to two hours a day because we don't want him to have separation anxiety and he does great. But when we're home, he loves us and I think that's just golden retrievers. They love people and they're so eager to please people. He is so smart and I'm just so in awe. He was like falling asleep on me on the couch and I had to put him over to the side because I had to come record this podcast. But it is just it has just been so great getting to hang out with him. But I feel like I'm finally back in a routine of actually spending time on work and fully devoting time here and getting everything done that I need to get done. I also did a full spring clean of our apartment. And when I say full spring clean, I mean scrubbing all the nooks and crannies that don't normally get scrubbed. I got this depiller machine that I used on our couch. It was like $15 from Amazon. It gets off all the little fuzz on your couch. So all the little things that never get done, I did. And I recorded a video that's going to be up on Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on Monday, it'll be up the next day. But I love a good spring clean. It always just puts me in the right mindset. I clean pretty much every week, but there are just different kinds of cleans where you actually declutter and get rid of stuff and organize. And it just feels really fresh with the weather being nice here. I wanted to do all of that and wrap it up with a bow and put it in a video because I love watching cleaning videos. They're like my absolute obsession right now. I'm just really trying to get ahead on some YouTube stuff right now. I wanted to say a couple of things. So I am still looking to hire someone for the Instagram. Thank you for everyone who submitted some resumes or whatnot of actually helping me run an Instagram and helping me out with the podcast. I'm still kind of figuring out what kind of role I want this person to play, but between doing YouTube and Instagram, I just am really stretched thin, especially now with the dog. It's just been like a little tricky and it's more so like organizing. I want to do more guest interviews with not necessarily very formal interviews, but just like casual conversations with actual friends of my life 
and friends that I have online. I want to do some of my social media friends because I feel like I haven't had a lot of them on, but it is just a lot doing that when I've also been really trying to throw myself into YouTube and just make different videos beyond just vlogs, and I've been liking that, like doing this cleaning video and making it really aesthetically pleasing. That is where I find the most fulfillment, like editing videos and doing that and doing the podcast. I love talking and I love the connection. I feel like the most connection I have with my followers is on my podcast. But beyond that, I don't necessarily love doing like the editing the podcast, but I wanted to start an Instagram for it. So thank you for that. I also wanted to say I've had a few people ask if I'd ever put this in a video format and put it on YouTube. And I would definitely, definitely like to do that. But right now, if you guys watch my videos, you know I record in my closet. It's not a fancy setup at all. It's like the most basic setup. I have this little mic. It's on my drawer that holds all of our socks and everything. And so eventually I think when we have a house one day, if I'm still doing this, I definitely plan to still be doing this. I think that I'll do like an actual office in there and do a podcast center and then I do it an YouTube video. But right now I just don't have the space and our apartment is just one giant like layout. It's not a separation of, okay, here's the bedroom and then you have the living room. It's just all connected so you can hear everything. So it makes it hard when we're both working from home. We have a dog now. There's a lot of noises. So maybe in the future, maybe I could make some sort of little setup here in the closet. Maybe that would work, but let me know if that's something you'd be interested in. I could definitely make it happen. It would just take some thought to figure it out. Before we hop into the meat of this episode, I do want to say a huge thank you to Found for sponsoring this podcast episode. Found is business banking for self-employment. It is a full-featured business bank account, so it lets you have a business checking account, a business debit card, direct deposit, and ATM access. I really like it because it's also an all-in-one business income and expense tracker. I am in the thick of doing my taxes right now. They're due April 16th, as you guys probably know. And when you're self-employed, it can be really difficult to track where all your income is coming from, what all your expenses are. And so I love that Found just keeps everything really simple. It has an automatic expense categorization. It has a receipt capture and a note log, and it also has comprehensive and easy-to-use tax features, so you can actually use their custom tax bill calculator if you're not sure what you owe on your taxes, and there's also a dedicated tax savings account because it's always scary when you don't have enough for your taxes, so it really helps you just make sure you have that money set aside when you need to pay those quarterly tax payments. It also has real-time business reports, so if you need a profit and loss statement, you're trying to analyze your business expenses via these reports reports, income reports, and it's also safe. It is FDIC insured and it has real-time transaction notification so you're on top of any suspicious activity if anything were to happen. I love found. I think that these things can be really scary when you're starting a business for the first time and honestly one of the biggest roadblocks when you want to start a business but you feel like you don't have all the tools to. So if you guys want to download found, there is no credit check, there's no minimum balance that you have to have, no monthly fees, and it's just a really easy sign up, you guys can go to get.found.app slash Michelle Reed. That is M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-E-E-D, get.found.app slash Michelle Reed. Or you can just go to the show notes and click the link if you guys want to open up your own found bank account. Okay, we're just going to start off right with something that I've never actually talked about, but that is periods. So someone asked, periods, specifically menstrual cups, have you tried them? So I have not tried them, but I'm not opposed to them. I just personally 
have a very light period. I don't really have much when I get my period. I don't know if that's TMI. We're already getting right into it with these questions. Hopefully my dad's not listening to this episode because he always listens to my podcast episodes, but hopefully when he sees girl chat in the title, he'll click out of this one. Um, But yeah, I am someone who just uses tampons. I know tampons aren't like the best for the environment. I know they're making more natural tampons now, but they don't always have the best ingredients in them, but that's just what works for me. But I feel like if I used a menstrual cup, if I don't have much there, I don't know how much it would be catching, but I'm not opposed to it. Let me know if you guys use them. I know they're much more like environmentally friendly. They make more sense. And a lot of people think that they're just easier. So I wouldn't be opposed to trying it, but I never have. This one says, how do you not feel guilty when eating an unhealthy meal slash snacks? I used to be a vegetarian back in high school. I've talked about this, but when I was a vegetarian, I very much kind of labeled foods as good and bad. And it wasn't just the fact that I wasn't eating meat. I think you can be a vegetarian, be vegan in a very healthy way. But for a lot of people, when you start like cutting out food groups, you're just thinking about your food a lot and it can actually make you start to think about other aspects of your food. And I was also watching a lot of like vegetarian what I eat in a day, vegan what I eat in a day. And there was so much focus on, okay, this food is healthy and this food is not healthy. And so it just messed with me where if I ate something that say was more processed, like if I ate potato chips or something in my head, I would be like, this is so bad. This is so bad. But now I am in a much better place. I feel like I don't hardly ever do that with foods. And this is honestly what I found. And for me, I feel the worst in my body when I'm stressed out. Because when you're stressed, you have a lot of inflammation and you get really bloated. And that's something that I never really thought about. But when I was thinking back, I seriously believe that all that stress that I was stressing about over like this is healthy this is not healthy was literally making me bloated and I didn't feel healthier even though I was thinking that I was eating all these healthy things versus now food is not something that I stress over I just don't I look at foods and I think like this is food (laughs) and I know that there are people who are trying to lose weight and obviously not everyone can eat whatever they want no matter what time it is and and whatever amount that they want to like that's just not realistic and also could be really bad for you so I'm not saying that but there is a balance of just being able to eat things that are quote unhealthy and I found when I stopped labeling foods I stopped craving them so I wasn't always craving sweets I wasn't always craving quote junk food because I was allowing myself to have it and I wasn't thinking about it all the time because I could have it when I wanted it And there was a lot of fear when I started doing this, like, oh, if I start letting myself eat these foods, then I'm going to crave them all the time. But that just isn't the case. And so I think you just have to know that food just isn't good and bad. I did a whole episode with actually a nutritionist and a registered dietitian. If you guys want to listen to that one, her name is Michelle Pilipich. And I think that that was a really good episode because she talks a lot about this and kind of getting out of that mindset because she trains people how to get out of that mindset. So you should definitely go listen to that episode if you're more interested on the topic, but that's kind of my personal background with this. Okay, this one says, preparing for sex when waiting for marriage, what you wish you would have known beforehand. So I'm trying to think if there was something that I wish I knew beforehand. Honestly, I'm going to give this advice because I just think that 
there's so many books you can read. There are so many like Google forums you can read. There are so many things that you can read specifically when you are waiting till marriage on like your wedding night. What's it going to be like? What to expect? But my best advice is really not to have like crazy expectations in terms of just reading and researching and all this stuff. I found with any topic I've dealt with, whether that be like YouTube or food or whatever, the more I research, the more I get like stressed about it and it becomes this big thing. And when you're waiting till marriage, when you have sex for the first time, it's going to be what it is and it's going to be special no matter how much research you've had or not had. I think that you can definitely talk with the person that you're marrying beforehand and just kind of let them know how you want it to go in terms of do you want to like take a shower before do you want to wear something certain do you want to like just the basics I'm not talking about like you need to have like a detailed plan like tea because yeah it's just not necessary but just feeling comfortable is the most important so whatever is going to make you feel comfortable just know that and know that beforehand but In terms of like knowing what you're doing and making sure that you, I don't even know. I just feel like there's so much out there. And I know there are a lot of books you can read when you get married to help like improve that area of your life. But I just think that it's made out to be such a big deal when it's something so special and it's just meant to be fun too. And it is fun. So yeah, I don't really have anything besides just feeling comfortable and doing whatever you think is going to make you feel the most comfortable in that moment. What do you think of a big age gap? A guy that's interested in me is 10 years older. I'm 24 and he's 34. So I actually don't have much opposition to age gaps. I think the only thing that would be important is just knowing if you're in a different life stage. But if you guys are in the same stage of life and you feel comfortable with where each other's at, I think that there's no problem with kind of going for it and dating someone with that age gap I think especially when you're 24 it's like you have been on your own probably for a little bit and you know what you want and I think if someone's 34 it's really not that big of a deal my friend she I think is 23 and her husband is almost 30 I think And it is really normal. It doesn't feel like there's a giant age gap between the two. So I would just like make sure you talk about it and talk about what you're kind of expecting for your next stage of life and make sure that lines up with the other persons. But I don't really think there's much of a of a problem with that. How to get over a breakup. It has been a while since I've had a breakup. And for me, my only breakup I ever had, I broke up with my boyfriend and then I moved to New York City for college so I felt like it was really easy to kind of get past it because I was literally moving and there were so many distractions but this is going to be really cliche but honestly you just have to distract yourself you have to throw yourself into new things to where you can't like sit and mope I think that you should have time to mope and kind of mourn the loss of this person it sounds like they're dying I mean like more not having that relationship because it is so weird I remember kind of that first week after you just feel so different because you're so used to being around someone and it always just felt so normal so now the way that you're living just feels so abnormal and so my biggest tips would just be yeah to keep distracting yourself let yourself feel your feelings for however long you need to but then get after it again I don't mean like get after it as in dating someone new unless it's your thing that can be your thing that's totally fine but I guess that was kind of my thing Aiden and I started dating pretty quick after that breakup but have new things that you want to explore and spend time with your friends I feel like a lot of times when you're in a relationship 
you have less time for your friends and maybe you aren't as close with your friends and that's a good time to rekindle those relationships and spend time with them and this is why it's really important for people not to drop their friends when you get a boyfriend or a girlfriend because that's when it becomes really hard when you just don't have anyone after you break up and you're seriously alone and lonely. It's just really sad to go through. So I think that connecting with your friends again, maybe throwing yourself into fitness. I am such a big proponent of like sweating out the feelings that you're going through I have the best runs ever when I'm angry or when I'm just feeling really emotional when I go for a run because I actually feel like I'm sweating out the emotions. I make it fast. I get a really good playlist on that just really sets me in the zone and physically pushing your body can be such a good distraction when mentally you feel like you are all over the place. You just have one goal and that's to work out your body and really push yourself and you don't have to think about other things and so try kind of getting into fitness if that's what you can but you know as a Christian I think praying is really helpful and really getting into the word reading a bible and seeing what God has to say about finding peace when you don't feel peace in a situation like this that's something that I do that really helps me and could definitely help you in this situation. This question is so funny. I wanted to read it. She said, how to deal with jealousy between sisters? Were you ever jealous of each other's boys? And I love this because for some context, I really want to do an episode with both my sisters, but I only have two mics. So I'm trying to figure out how to make that happen. But maybe that should be my next episode. I love talking with my sisters, but I am 22. My sister Jamie's 24 and my sister Lindsay is 26. So we're all pretty close in age. And we're like the closest siblings. And then I have two older brothers. One is 28 and one is 30. So we're all very close in age and just very close in general. But it was funny because when we were growing up, we kind of got to see all of our dating life growing up. And my sister Jamie didn't have a boyfriend until I think later on in high school and into college. She like went to college with a boyfriend and... I also did not start dating until later in high school and at that point my sisters were older but we always had like these little crushes on my sister Lindsay's boyfriends. I remember that she would always have guys she definitely dated a lot of people too. I have an episode with her too and that's one of my favorites because we talked about this but she definitely dated a lot of people and I would always like follow her around when she was with her boyfriends but I was so young like she would be in high school and I'd be in what? I'd be in what, like middle school, intermediate school. So it wasn't actually like I was actually jealous of them and like wanted to date them. But and then now we're we're both married. So I don't know if anybody ever felt like real jealousy, but I just remember always being obsessed with my sister Lindsay's boyfriends when I was younger. But we don't really get, I don't think, very jealous of each other. And we just all feel very genuinely happy for where everyone's at in their place. My sister Lindsay is a mom. She is pregnant right now too. So she's just in like a very mom phase of life. I think Jamie's probably jealous of our puppy Cash and Lindsay is too because they don't like our dog a lot. So that's probably the only real thing that they're jealous of. But we don't really deal with this. And I don't think growing up we dealt with it either much. I feel like I would felt more jealousy with my friends growing up than my sisters just because I've always been super close with them but I felt more jealousy yeah with my friends I would say growing up and specifically I actually danced when I was younger so I danced from the age of four to the age of 
18 when I went to college and I never did like competitive dance or anything. I was never really good enough for that, but I did like ballet, jazz, tap, and then I was on my dance team in high school. And I remember I was jealous of my friends who were better dancers than me on my dance team. That was something that I was always jealous about because dance is something where you can practice as much as you want, but there's just an aspect of having a natural rhythm and the ability to pick up dance combinations really quickly. I was always like kind of slow at picking up combinations (laughs) and remembering them. And so I remember I would be jealous about that. But I think you just kind of accept that you're not going to be the best at everything and you're not going to have the best situation. That was something that I just accepted. And then I felt really proud of my YouTube channel. I felt like that was my area where I had some God-given talent and I was going to pursue it there. And then in some ways, God gave other people God-given talents in terms of dancing and that was good and I should be happy for them. So I just kind of learned to be happy for people instead of being jealous. But that was an area that I definitely felt more jealousy in. Advice on falling in and out of love with my boyfriend. It happened suddenly and for no reason. Okay, here's my thing. This is what I'll say. I think that our culture, and I think this has always kind of been a reality, really emphasizes the importance of having like a romantic connection with someone and feeling really on fire for someone. And we watch these romance movies where people are just divinely in love and they look like they're super passionate and you're just constantly attracted to the other person and you just want to get up all over them. You know, that's kind of like what our culture shows. And the reality is that I think relationships really have ebbs and flows where you feel that way sometimes, sometimes you don't. Maybe that's just because you had a really rough day and you don't feel like that. Maybe it's not necessarily the other person, but I don't think that's falling in and out of love. That's just falling in and out of the love that we're shown here in the world. When in reality, love is a lot of different emotions. So I would ask yourself what you actually mean by falling in and out of love. Is it that you feel like that? Like sometimes you just aren't really attracted to the other person or is it sometimes you just feel like you made the wrong choice? You don't feel like you guys are the best fit. You feel like you have different opinions on things that are important. Like those things actually matter. So maybe actually pay attention to that. And also like how old are you? I think that's another important thing. If you are younger, obviously we change so much and maybe you are just changing as a person. So you feel like this person is not the best fit for you anymore. And that's okay too, if that's the case. But this one says, what do you do when you find out that your boyfriend is, she says listing, but I think she means lusting over other women on social media. This one is a little dicey. I'm going to be honest. People have different opinions on this, but I'm just going to give my own opinion. So I guess it depends on what you mean by lusting over other women. Like, is he looking at photos of girls that just makes you uncomfortable or is it just a normal picture of another girl that he liked you know what are these photos actually like I'm assuming it's a certain kind of photo if it means lusting over other women if that's something that bothers you you should definitely talk to him I mean like for me and for us in a marriage I would never want to feel like I was competing for my husband's attention especially in that regard For something that's meant to be between two of you, but bringing in outside parties, even if they are like virtual or digital. So I would just have a conversation with him. I mean, it depends on your boundaries and you personally. I can just say from my perspective, that would be something that would really bother me. I don't care if the person that I'm with is following other girls. It's not really something that bothers me or liking other girls' pictures. I don't really like text other guys one-on-one. I mean, that's just me. I'm not 
you know, DMing and having deep conversations with other guys either. And that's the standard I have for him too with other girls. I just don't really feel comfortable with that. And that's not to say like all conversations with other girls, like in all conversations that I have with guys, but there are certain times when you know it feels a certain way. And I just always think if he was in my position, how would I want him to be responding to this and what I want to like tell him and any of that stuff. So I would say have a conversation with him and tell him that it's bothering you and he might get really defensive because maybe he knows that it's something that he shouldn't be doing and he's still doing it. And if he does get really defensive over it and doesn't feel like he should change his behavior, I think that could be a red flag. So I'm sorry you're dealing with that though. That's really tough and I don't want you to feel weird for feeling bothered by that too because that's definitely something that is a worthy cause to be bothered by. Okay. Oh, this one's tough. Okay. Ex-friends that expect a place as a bridesmaid in your wedding. That is really tough and surprisingly is very common and not even just the bridesmaid, but they're just, I found like there are people who just expect to get invited to your wedding and we literally had ours in 2020. So we were very limited with who we could invite and I still felt like people got really offended that didn't get to come. I would just have a conversation with them again. I feel like all my responses are always just have a conversation, but just don't let it bother you too. If this is someone who's actually, well, you said ex-friend, so probably isn't someone you're super close with anymore. I just wouldn't really care if I offended them. They should know if they're not someone who's in your life. I don't think that your bridesmaids need to be people who are going to be in your life for the rest of your life. I think it's fine if you're putting people in your wedding who you have a good relationship with and were really close with at the time. But yeah, just tell them that you couldn't have everyone. Tell them that you picked people who you felt like you were really close with at the time and that you just knew would be really helpful for you and that you are, don't say that you're sorry that they're hurt because you shouldn't be sorry for that. But yeah, just make it known why you chose people that you chose and try to be nice about it, but don't really sweat over it. What are some red flags you should look out for when dating? So everyone probably has different red flags. My personal red flags when dating, number one, the biggest one, and the one that I think all people should look out for is just being controlling, being controlling about how you spend your time, being controlling about who you're hanging out with, being controlling about the way that you work. And I'm not saying if someone's like genuinely concerned about an area of your life and gives their opinion on it, but if you feel like you can't do certain things, if you feel like you have to hide certain things, if you are feeling any of those things, that's a really big red flag and something that I just do not deal with because those people end up being crazy and like making your life not fun. And so I would highly recommend being in a place where you're ready to date and you feel like you got all your ducks in a row. So you don't need someone to control you. Because as a Christian, I don't think that whoever you're marrying, whoever you're dating is going to complete you. And if they think that they are completing you, that is a red flag. So I would say that is a big one. And another one of mine is just not having drive in life. When I was dating, I really wanted to find someone who I felt like had drive in their life and didn't need me to motivate them. I know that there are a lot of women who get into relationships where they feel like they have to, where they have to motivate this person. They have to really be kind of like their cheerleader to get them to do anything. And just don't put up with that. You should be with someone who feels as motivated as you are at least. And is to some extent independent in that way and not having codependency. I think that kind of goes off the first one, but 
not feeling like you need the other person. You should enjoy being around them. You should enjoy spending time with them. But it's not like a we always have to be together. And at the same time, I'm dropping everything that I ever used to be interested in. Like that is just a red flag. This person should have their own things that they enjoy in life and be pursuing those things alongside dating you instead of replacing those things with you entirely. Because I know that may sound really nice, especially when you are looking for affection from someone, but in, you know, in a few months, it's going to get old and you're going to wish that they were pursuing things on their own. So. so this one says, friendships falling apart as you get older. Any experience with narcissistic individuals? Oh, yeah. I have had my fair share of experiences with narcissistic people. And it's just crazy how people who have narcissistic tendencies just make you feel like you're crazy for thinking the things that you think. I mean, I had like moments where I would record conversations with people because I couldn't believe it was happening because the gaslighting that happens when people are narcissists and they cannot admit that they were ever wrong. They can't admit that they ever made a mistake. It is so that's another red flag going off the last one. If someone can't admit that they're wrong, you better run for the hills because you are just going to feel so worthless and being friends with people who don't feel that like it actually is a mental disorder people just don't ever feel like they make mistakes they feel like it's always other people that they deserve the world those are just not the kind of people that you want to be friends with so my biggest tip is just to cut people like that and I'm not really someone who really likes labeling people as toxic and just cutting them off but it can be so psychologically damaging when you're in a friendship with someone who does that and so I just say don't make friends like that and I've had friendships fall apart even with people who weren't narcissists or anything but we just grew apart because it's hard especially now I'm in Dallas and I had friends in New York that I don't feel as close with anymore because I'm here and there's just not enough time in the day to kind of keep up friendships with so many people and I would rather keep the friendships that I have really strong with the people that are in my life rather than keeping up with every single one. So I kind of just have to accept that they're going to fall apart. It's nice when I love friendships where you can kind of go some time without connecting and then you connect one time and it feels like, you know, time hasn't even passed. You feel like you're back at where you started. I love that. Those are the best friends ever. They just really make life really, really sweet. So it's okay if friendships fall apart as you get older. You make new ones, and I don't think it's something that you should beat yourself up about. Things to talk about before getting engaged. Let me go back. I'm trying to think what we talked about. So we did premarital counseling for a couple of sessions, but then it got kind of ruined with COVID, and it wasn't very formal either. We kind of just did a... We sat down with the pastor, and it was like two sessions, and then it just kind of ended, and we were literally just asking him questions so it just wasn't very formal but things that we talked about biggest thing I think is money talking about your views on money do you want split accounts joint accounts how do you view money are you a spender are you a saver and how you guys plan to kind of use your money because it sounds really shallow that that was the number one thing I don't think it's number one it might be like number two or number three but a lot of people get divorced because of money. It's a big reason why you get into a marriage and you didn't realize that you had two separate views on it. We personally have always just wanted to have joint accounts, have one big money pot, and we just all use the money pot. And it's not like your money versus my money. And I feel like we have a very healthy kind of viewpoint with money, but money can be a hard thing. And also just how you guys were raised and 
the expectations that you have of the other person. A lot of times when conflict comes up, it's because you guys can probably hear cash. A lot of times it's because one person was raised a certain way than the other and they just have expectations for that person. Maybe the other person doesn't even know those expectations are on them and it can just be kind of difficult when you have that. So talking about that and a lot of times the way that you saw your parents, if your parents are together, how their marriage went, you kind of expect those same roles to be fit in your life. So it's important to talk about those, especially because most people weren't raised the same. I was raised very different than Aiden, very similar in some ways, but he has a much different like family setup than I do. And that's okay, but you should talk about that and kind of see that. And then I think sex is a big thing that you talk about, how important sex is to you, frequency of it, and just kind of your past relationship with sex, your experience with it, things that you liked, things that you didn't like. And kind of talking about that is a big thing that people talk about too before they get engaged. And then just kind of like household roles, what you want to do within your household, what role you want to have. That kind of goes off the expectations one I talked about and being there for each other, what that looks like, and kind of all like the nitty gritty things that sometimes you glaze over when you're dating because you're just so in love with this person, but you forget all the boring stuff. But actually talking about that from a standard kind of level. And I always think of, I say this in like all my podcasts, but I remember there was a sermon where someone said leaders clarify confusion And I think when there's clarity in your relationship, especially before you get married, when you're engaged, you're just going to be set off on a better foot because there will be less surprises when you get married and only the surprises that you didn't kind of expect and you can deal with those, but not like the basic stuff. So, and then just have fun. Like it's meant to be fun. You're getting married. It's so exciting. It doesn't need to be super serious and boring all the time, but those things are also really important. How did you deal with hair loss? Currently experience hair loss. How do you feel now? So I don't really know if I'm still dealing with it. I feel like my hair is much thicker than it used to be, but it was in March of last year. I remember I came home during the pandemic and I came home and didn't know I was literally never going to go back to New York. I seriously have not been back in a year. It's just insane. And I remember I was brushing my hair and I just noticed so much hair in my comb and I have a lot of hair, so I normally did have a lot, but it was so much more. And I would just run my fingers through my hair and there would be like five strands in my hand or whatever. And I remember just feeling so weirded out and so confused. So I went to all these doctors and I still never really figured out what it was. One doctor told me it was low ferritin. So I got all these iron IVs and I spent like a thousand dollars on these iron IVs, which is just crazy. And I just felt like I didn't know what to do about it. So the one thing I felt that I could improve, though, was my stress level. Stress is a big reason why people lose their hair. And I'm not talking about in terms of like alopecia where you have an actual autoimmune disease where you lose your hair. This is just telogen effluvium, which I'm sure is what you're talking about, where you just kind of gradually lose it. I follow Danny Austin on Instagram and she dealt with hair loss and watching her stories and then I followed some other people who were dealing with hair loss and it really helps me when people just kind of embraced it and moved on and didn't focus about and didn't focus on it and that really helped me and I do think my hair is falling out a lot less now because I'm so much less stressed like getting married and living with someone else has really helped a lot. I feel very at ease, very loved, and I feel just very stress-free, like I said. And I think when I was in New York, I just felt really stressed after I quit my full-time job and just put a lot of pressure on myself. And 
I think that was a big reason why I experienced it. I also was hit by a car, which sounds dramatic. It really wasn't that dramatic, but it was really scary. And I never felt that much adrenaline. And I know that is a reason people can lose their hair. I switched medications during that time too, which could have contributed to it. So I just kind of tried to stop everything and live a very balanced, normal lifestyle. If you watch my videos, you probably notice my lifestyle is pretty like boring. <laughs> I don't do that much but a big reason why was because I was trying to eliminate that stress and anxiety I also saw a doctor for anxiety which is something I haven't talked about much but I might actually talk about that in a later episode and got a lot of help there and I think that just kind of seeking help but also not focusing on it too much like for the most part your hair is going to come back it's probably just something you're experiencing for a season it will come back and it's not something to stress over and when you stress over it it normally makes it a lot worse. So no pressure, but just go easy on yourself. So this one's a little longer, but she says, I'm from a small town in Vermont and I'm getting married in August of this year. I'm 21 and my fiance is 23. I've been mostly overcome with joy and excitement, but as the date is getting closer, I'm starting to feel unsteady with all the change, moving out of my parents' house, changing my last name, etc. I don't know if it's just nerves or because I'm getting married young, but I was wondering if you felt any of these nerves and if so, what would your advice be? So I definitely felt these and I would just want to say that this is really normal, especially if you have just like always lived at home. It is a really big change when you're just moving out from your family's house. And for me, it was weird because I was living in New York, but then I went home in March and then I got married in August. So I had like a few months of living at home and it made me feel more kind of nostalgic for my life beforehand of like being a kid and just being single and not being married and feeling kind of guilty for feeling this way but feeling like I was like leaving my family and like I was just having this weird transition and it's so normal because it is just so different so I just want to validate your feelings especially if you're like moving into a new place with this person there's just a lot going on it can be really nerve-wracking but just know that he is probably feeling that same way as well he's probably feeling just as nervous but know that those nerves aren't because you're doubting the relationship and doubting if it's the right choice but because you're nervous about the small things of like having a different relationship with your family and all that and I would say something that's helped me a lot is just really making an effort to be close to my family despite being married and Aiden's family too. Always feeling like you can have that same connection with your family. You can always go see your family on your own too. You don't always need to be doing stuff with your husband. You can go see them and he can see his family and just talking about it. I remember there was one night we were actually in Vermont with Aiden's family and this was in like I think February were we there we were there and we were talking one night and I remember I just started crying because I was thinking about like not going home and seeing my family alone and just feeling like I was going to have a different relationship with them and it just felt kind of scary and I think when you have a really solid relationship with your family that's really normal and I remember we just talked it out and he was like you never have to feel like you cannot see your family you can always go home alone if you want to we are going to see your family a lot. It's going to be okay. And that just really made me feel comforted that he knew I was feeling that way and that we talked about it. And I knew that my relationship with them wasn't going to change. And I think that can be really helpful. So just talk to him about it. Just be super open. You're probably with someone who understands too, who's not going to take it as, oh my gosh, you're nervous to marry me. Like that's a red flag. That's not going to be how it is. 
getting married young is such a beautiful thing too because you are young and you're so malleable and I just feel like you're a little bit more resilient because you're not as jaded by the world and it can be a really good thing and it's also a good thing to get married later in life it just depends on the person so that's my biggest tip don't be nervous So that is everything that I pretty much have to say. I definitely had some more questions, so I might do another one of these videos or podcasts or something. Let me know if you liked me talking about these things. Let me know if these kind of girl chat advice things are really helpful. I do a lot of these on relationships and career, money, those things, but not just talking about kind of like the nitty gritty stuff that we deal with every day. And so I like doing them. So let me know. And feel free to tag me on Instagram if you listened at Michelle Reed and how you're listening I love those stories. They're like my favorites to see. So I always enjoy that or leave a review down below. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give me a rating. That also helps if you feel so inclined. And yeah, thanks for letting me spend my Monday or I guess it's Friday for me, but your Monday with you if you're listening to this on a Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever it may be. I am so thankful for you guys. I just hope you guys have a really great week. And if you're enjoying the start of your March, that's also really great. But so thankful for you guys. Love you guys. And I'll see you guys in my next episode or I'll talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye, friends.